Welcome to episode number 59 of the Grab Blogger Podcast. This is the podcast where helping academics change the world through online business. We're helping you by giving you the tools, the tips, the strategies, and tricks you need to build an online business around your research expertise, around your experience, so you can make the change that you want to see in the world. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we are carrying on with the Marketing Your Online Conference series. And this is part four in the series on marketing channel analytics. So again, this is fourth in this ongoing podcast series, episode 44 of the Grab Blogger podcast. We cover getting your sales sequence right. 45, we talked about how to market your newsletter. In 58, we covered review of the newsletter marketing analytics. And then this episode, episode 59, is covering the other marketing channels that we use for the conference, reviewing the analytics and the lessons that we learned there. So if you put these together, um, again, you can access all these at grabblogger.com slash the episode number. So in this case, it's grabblogger.com slash 59. If you listen to these together, you can get an idea and a sense of how to market your own online conference or even take these lessons learned to market your products and your services as well. So before jumping into the today's material, I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, why am I doing this series? And there's a couple of things. One, it was extremely hard and difficult to, you know, market a, an online event, um, end up getting over 250 people or almost 250 people registered attending the conference, but it was very scary. And for a couple of months, we sold a lot of tickets. Uh, we had 50 tickets in the first couple of first two months, actually. Um, and this was done through direct selling. Where I was just emailing people that I knew from my space, people that had been involved in what we're doing and asking them to come. But once December hit, we sold no tickets at all or very little tickets, just a handful from our online marketing sales sequence. So through actually having a sales page, if people go look at the event, clicking they want to register right there was covering at a very low percentage. And we talked about this in episode 44, get your sales sequence right. And I just realized that we were not going to have a very great event um, and not going to have any other people. We didn't fix this uh, whole process. So from that, I did a new uh, strategy session in December. January 1, we had eight weeks leading up to the conference. We launched the whole new marketing initiative. Uh, myself and, and my team, who did an amazing job pulling this all together as well as part of Dust Safety Science and Grab Blogger. So this conference was hosted through Dust Safety Science and our newly formed Dust Safety Academy over there. Um, it was all around industrial safety, around fire and explosion protection, industries handling combustible dusts and powders. So as I mentioned, we revamped the whole process in January 1. We started an eight-week marketing initiative to have the conference. We redid the whole sales page, had something that converted much better, um, had some videos and, and things on there that are much better online marketing elements. And we went about having this whole process to actually sell tickets to the conference. To do that, we had four marketing channels. One was our own newsletter. One was website capture. So it's people that were coming to our website for viewing our content. How do we get them to the event sales page and to register? Um, LinkedIn video sharing. We really focused on that as our main social media sharing opportunity. Um, then external sharing. So press releases and bringing on media partners and advertising on other people's websites. We'll talk about all these in this podcast episode. So the reason to share this all with you on the podcast is so you can skip over the scary and hard part and just implement a process that works to sell your event, to sell your product or your service. Really, I don't want you to have to relive the uh, you know sleepless nights coming into December for myself and into the Christmas holidays to realize that we may not have an event that has more attendees than it does speakers because we won't be able to sell any more tickets. I'm very nervous about this, um, and I'm really thankful to say that we had an excellent event. Uh, we'll actually cover how we ran the event and what we learned through that whole process in a future episode in the series as well. So from this episode, we're going to follow on from the previous episode. In the previous one, we looked at just the newsletter analytics. 
And this one we're on top of the other three sales or marketing channels that we had. So website capture, LinkedIn video, and external sharing. We're going to talk for each. We're going to get background on the marketing channel, why I organized it the way I did, what were the analytics and results in terms of traffic and conversions that we had, and are there any key points and takeaways that you can use for your business as well. One of the main questions I get when I work with people and I'm talking with people about this, what we learned at the conference, is around things like for website capture, we used a Hello Bar, we used an X-Intent pop-up. For the LinkedIn videos, we actually had a full template that the, the video was put into with you know shapes and pop-ups and all that sort of stuff. And people just feel like that's overwhelming and they're not sure how that should look and how to structure that. So from this episode at grablar.com slash 59, I put together a package that actually has the images that we used and just shows the branding elements, the colors, the things we put into things like our hello, hello bar at the top of the website, our um, X intent pop-up, how that looked, and also what our, our LinkedIn video template looked like that we were putting our videos into. Uh, so you can get that again at grablar.com slash 59, which really helps you take the lessons that you're learning in this episode. That shows you how they're actually implemented. You can take those both and use them in terms of your branding and your um, audience to sell tickets to your event or sell your products or your services. So I covered this last time, but just to give a summary for the conference, we had 200, almost 250 people attend from over 25 countries, 12 different time zones, and 20 different industry segments. Everything from agricultural in the Midwest to pharmaceuticals in Germany to paints and resins and power generation in the UK to Australia and, and other places all around the world. People attending this four-day online conference had 52 presentations all educational around industry safety. And the last day was all focused on university and academic research in this field as well. Just to give you an overview of, of you know what we actually had and what it looked like at the end of the day. From the finances, we had again almost 250 people registered, and the revenue was somewhere around 60 or 70 thousand dollars. We're still trying to uh, finalize all the numbers there. This gives you an idea of the financial outcome. And the event took us about six months, soup to nuts, to, to organize. So from the very first Google Sheet had a brainstorm in it to actually delivering the event live, um, doing all the recordings, having the platform that we built out, um, having all the 250 people have access to that platform. That was all done in about a six-month period. Um, we could probably do it in probably a three-month period now that we have all the tools and everything built out and all these amazing sales sequences that we, we developed now as well. In terms of delivering the event, we're going to cover this in a, pre, or a future episode in this series. We'll also cover the post-event survey that we did um, and what we learned that we're going to include in the event next time as well. In terms of the analytics, we created multiple sales pages for each of the different marketing channels. That allowed us then to track what channels were sending traffic to that page, but also what the conversions were for each of those pages. And because we get the conversions for every page, and we get an idea what the conversions were for each of those marketing channels. So for the Hello Bar, it only sent people to one sales page. Um, and none of the other uh, marketing channels or um, things that we were doing sent anybody else to that sales page. So we could tell exactly how many people were converting in the sales sequence of the Hello Bar we sent people to. And we'll get into what the Hello Bar is in a moment, I guess, because I haven't introduced that yet. That was part of our website capture marketing channel. So it did get a bit messy sometimes trying to organize all this information. But we did get an idea, broadly speaking, about where, where traffic was coming from. So we were able to track 124 ticket sales over this eight-week period. This was from 2,443 sales page visits and 465 of these people clicked from the sales page through to the order page to enter their credit card information. And then just over a quarter of these people actually paid in to attend the conference. 
terms of conversions, 19% of the people that clicked on the sales page were converting through to the order page. Um, and 26.5% were actually putting in their credit card details and buying a ticket. Um, and some of these, and some other people were even invoicing us or emailing us for an invoice. And we weren't able to track those inside these, these numbers here. So overall, this gives us a 5% conversion across all of the marketing channels for the sales page, or this whole sales sequence rather, which is quite good considering we started at 0.1 or 0.2% with our um, first sales page that we ran in, in the pre-December period when things were looking pretty gloom and doom for actually getting this conference filled up. Um, to have a sales page that's converting 50 times better meant a lot because, yeah, if we had 250 people buy tickets and we only had 150 of that, we'd only have five people buy tickets, which wouldn't make for a very good online conference. So I'm going to move into the marketing channels that we did. Again, we had three marketing channels in addition to the newsletter. In the last episode, grabblogger.com slash 58, we talked about the marketing analytics from the newsletter. These other three channels were website capture, LinkedIn videos, and external sharing. And we're going to go through each of these individually and talk about what uh, the conversions were and also what we learned from using this as part of our marketing strategy. So for website capture, the thought here was really we had a you know a good amount of traffic from our website. We had around 10,000 page views a month. The thought is that we should be able to convert some fraction of that at least to, to attend the conference because they've been coming to our website and reading that material for a long time. Um, in some cases, in some cases, there's landing there from Google searches, but in all cases, it's relevant information for them because the conference is based on the exact stuff that they're reading at the website. So I only had eight weeks, so one of the things I did was just asking some of the communities I was um, part of, you know, what's the best thing to use for website capture? And it was recommended to me to look at using a hello bar. So this is a, a continuous bar that's at the top of your website, and it's there on every page, and also an ex-intent pop-up. And this we put just on certain pages. So a hello bar, you know, is more passive. It just kind of sits there at the top. Um, in our case, we used a couple of different wordings, but things like have questions about combustible dust, you know, get them answered at the combustible dust, the digital dust safety conference, join here, uh, things like that in the hello bar. And the excellent intent pop-up is more aggressive. We only made sure it came up once a week per person, um, and that could be exited out of in all devices. There's nothing more frustrating than next, you know, pop-up coming up on your mobile device and not being able to exit out um, that could be a really frustrating experience. So we made sure it couldn't do that. So again, we have example imagery from what ours look like. If you if you have questions about that, you can download at grabblar.com slash 59 from this episode. So the results from the website capture then were that this was the second source, highest source of traffic and sales for the conference right after our newsletter. The Hello Bar in the eight-week period had 19,800 impressions and 206 people clicked through to the conference sales page. So about a 1% conversion for everyone that visited a web page that had the Hello Bar on it to actually clicking through the sales page. The X Intent pop-up had 6,500 impressions. Again, it wasn't across all pages on the website. It's only some of the higher traffic ones. It resulted in 243 clicks through the sale page. So about a 3.8% conversion from people seeing the X Intent pop-up to clicking through the sales page. In terms of the overall conversions then, we made 17 sales from the website capture sequences from both of them, which results in a 5.8% conversion from people visiting the sales page to actually buying a ticket. Again, this is quite good. People are coming to the website, um, landing there from social media posting, landing there from Google search traffic, landing there maybe from even our own, own newsletter, coming in that way to the things that we're posting and promoting seeing the event, going to the sales page, and 
five out of 100 or six out of 100 are actually going, this is the right event for me. I'm going to put my credit card down and pay the fee. So this was, you know, a really good, um, this was our second highest marketing channel newsletter. We had around 74 tickets sold. And for the website capture, again, we had 17 sales over this eight weeks that we were tracking it. A couple of key points here. Technology was a bit of an issue. We tried to use Active Campaign for the X-Intent pop-up at first, but we couldn't make it work without actually adding the people that were clicking through to an email list. We didn't want to do that. We just wanted people to go directly through to a sales to a page on another website, essentially. There were some other workarounds, but at the end of the day, we ended up using AppSumo, which is a little bit pricey, but it was actually well worth it because we made over $4,000 in sales from the website capture over this eight-week period. Another interesting point here was around paid advertising. We didn't do paid advertising directly to promote the conference. We did a little bit, but only as tests. We only had eight weeks to work with, and I didn't want to distract myself and distract the team by trying to get too heavy into paid advertising. Um, but we did do a couple tests to see what pricing would look like. So if you take the 17 sales we made from the Hello Bar and the Exit Temp pop-up so, uh, and divide that by the number of impressions that were there and also the, the price that we made from uh, people buying, you end up with about 14 cents was the revenue we made off every impression on the Hello Bar and the X Intent. We did run a couple Facebook ads in that period to just articles on our website. We found that it was actually a bit cheaper than 14%, 14 cents per click for people to come through the website. So say it was only 10 cents per click, then we could have actually ran advertising from Facebook to the website at ten cents per click, and then at fourteen cents per click, been making or been making fourteen cents per click. So we would have been making four cents for each person we sent through. So the the whole point that I want to say here is that we didn't actually go through and do a large paid advertising campaign, but it does look like there's a lot of room here to do this with the type of conference. It's something we'll be looking in as we you know continue to grow and develop the the website and as we launch other services through Dust Safety Academy and other things that we're doing at uh, Dust Safety Science as well. I just want to put that out there. Those are the kind of numbers we were looking at. 14 cents uh, revenue for every impression we we're having on the website, and then it costs less than that for Facebook advertising to um, Dust Explosion Articles. Now, we did get our Facebook ad, camp, our Facebook ad account banned within the first couple of weeks of using it, which is why we couldn't keep doing testing. I think it's because we, we mentioned explosions in our in our ads, which they didn't like, but then once we explained that we're a explosion science company, then they, they kind of gave it back to us. But just goes to show, you know, you want to make sure you're building on your own platform so they can't just shut you down whenever they want. So that's a summary around the website capture marketing channel. The second marketing channel, actually a third marketing channel after the newsletter and the website capture was LinkedIn videos. So why LinkedIn videos? Because that's where our audience is. That's our highest converting and highest um, traffic generating social media channels LinkedIn because that's where a lot of the people that are consuming the content that we have are. We didn't do a large social media campaign for the conference because we were always doing social media promotion to get traffic back to the website. So a lot of traffic we're getting is already social media. That's going in through then our website capture routine. I want to try something different, um, something that I thought might work well for the conference um, and us to get used to as well. Myself, both shooting the videos and the team getting them posted on there. So we, we did a, a LinkedIn video campaign. So in this campaign, I did six videos. These were, they were all the same format. They were um, focused on specific presentations that were going on at the conference. So the, in the video, the kind of, the lead in was a question. Um, do I have to do a dust hazard analysis or how do I properly protect 
a dust collector? You know, questions that came actually from our pre-event survey. Um, same things that went to our newsletter. We took some of these key questions out and did LinkedIn videos on them as well. In this case, I did the question. I mentioned the speaker or speakers that'd be talking about that question, showed their pictures, um, and then just talked about it for a bit. And they're one to two minute videos, just meant to you know address a single question, but also mention the speakers at the event they're going to be talking about this. This was really key because then I could tag the speakers in the post and they share it as well on LinkedIn. So my workflow was to create a short script, um, shoot and record the video. I ended up hiring a VA on Upwork who was recommended to me by a friend that does video. So just look around and find a, you know, find a person that does video that you like in your space and maybe reach out to them and say, hey, who's doing your video editing? Because I wanted to, you know, we set the video up on a really nice template with uh, nice graphics, um, nice things popping in the video. We put sub captions and all that and literally costs, I think maybe 20 bucks to edit three of these videos. We only ended up doing six. So, you know, it cost me 40 bucks to get, uh, to get the videos really highly edited. I tried editing the first one myself. It was terrible. Would not recommend it. Um, go find someone that can do it better than you. So what I did was get them to create a template, send that back to me and what it was going to look like. We edited the first video. I gave them feedback and then we just used the, the results from the first video for the, the other six videos as well. And again, at grabblogger.com slash 59, the team will pull out a couple images of what these videos look like to give you an idea for building your own template as well. So over the eight-week period, we had these six videos playing um, through our LinkedIn uh, profile, through my personal profile on LinkedIn. They received 6,500 impressions, which resulted in 142 sales page visits um, and three sales, three tickets were bought for the conference. So this was a conversion rate from um, impressions to people actually clicking through the sales page of about 2.2%. And then people that viewed the sales page was a 2% conversion through to actually buying a ticket. So you see this was lower. The number the people that are coming through LinkedIn weren't as familiar with our work. They weren't as warm as the newsletter or the website leads. Um, and had a lower conversion rate of those people, but still you know a decent number at 2%. These are smaller numbers, so they're you know a lot more uncertainty in, in actually calculating them. One more sale or one less sale has a pretty big influence on the percentages. But it was um, demonstrating that this is actually a viable channel for promoting the conference as well. I know the, the total number of sales wasn't that high, but my original plan was actually to release three to four videos a week for the eight-week period because it was just so quick to create them. Um, I ended up not doing that because my, my attention was needed elsewhere as we actually organized the event and organized the 52 speakers to present and uh, all of our other marketing channels. So we sort of dropped LinkedIn after doing these first six videos. But as a proof of concept, it demonstrated that, you know, if we had have done this four videos a week, we could have been up to a case where maybe we had another 50 sales from this. And this was the only, this was the first of the marketing channels that was actually reaching outside of our scope of people that already attend our website or, or read our newsletter. So this, you know, we have a very large LinkedIn profile or large LinkedIn following and through the speaker sharing the videos as well, we get even farther into their second and third connections or our second and third connections. This would be a way to really increase the net of the amount of people that we could have had coming into the sales sequence and attending the event overall. Um, and again, I could do about three of these videos an hour. So in terms of the key points, I could do three an hour that includes scripting, shooting, exporting, and, and getting them off to the VA. VA costs about 20 bucks to get the three of them edited. Uh, took you know an hour or two, and they were they were very efficient to uh, get the videos. Basically, it was the same day the videos would be edited and ready to get up. 
the videos individually were getting, you know, a thousand impressions. Um, I'm not getting a ton of traffic back to the webpage, but they all work at the same time. So that's the nice part about doing one every day or every two days is, you know, you release one on, on Thursday, the one on Tuesday is still getting views and the one on Monday is still getting views. You really kind of ramp up the amount of traffic you're willing to do it quite frequently. Also in terms of this, it really proved to potentially be fruitful for paid advertising again. We didn't use this as a key driver for this event, but we did want to test out, you know, what kind of costs and what kind of revenues were we getting from potential paid advertising. So in terms of the three sales we made, if you look at the number in clicks that came through, um, our revenue per click was around $5.80. And we did do some LinkedIn advertising for a couple of weeks um, just through to a, a, a static image that we put up at the conference. We we're having an average cost per click there at right around $5.80 again. So we see that the, the revenue they were generating from people clicking on the videos was, was quite similar to the cost that we'd be doing. So we could drive those costs lower by creating more effective videos or by increasing our conversion rates on the sales page, we'd be in a place where we could actually use advertising very effectively to drive traffic to the conference. And again, this would be a great way to do it because it's bring people in that aren't already into our website, that aren't already Googling keywords about us and coming in that way or through our newsletter. This could bring in colder leads, but that are also farther away from who we have access to today. Last note I'll make here is that I did get some feedback on the videos. Although they looked really nice, people would tell me they were a little bit static and that if I had to put like a quirky thumbnail image at the start, I would have got more people clicking through just to watch the video from the very, you know, the very start of it. So that's something that we'll look to do moving forward when we create these videos for LinkedIn as well. So that gives you the background on website capture and LinkedIn videos. The last marketing channel that we tried for the conference was external sharing. So these were press releases and also featuring the conference in articles written by other websites or even getting advertising space on other websites where we create advertising images, and put them on as well. And to do these, we did um, media partnerships where we would, we actually gave them free tickets to the event and also gave them a spot inside the, the event's homepage where we could show their logo as well. And for that, they, they did some advertising for us. This was what I thought was going to be, you know, the, the big out of left field thing that was just going to drive a whole ton of sales. I thought this was how we were going to get from 250 to a thousand sales by doing media partnerships with people that weren't directly, you know, with the same audience that we have, but have other audiences that might be interested. It turned out to be a big bust. <laughs> we had 54 sales page visits through several of these different external sharing options. Six people viewed the order page and not one sale. And this was from, we sent the press release out to, a handful, maybe half a dozen or more groups had them published on their website. Also did a couple of direct articles with people and also had ad space on some of the large media companies in our space as well. It turns out that they're just not driving it very much traffic. When you look back at how much traffic we're driving through our own sources, it just wasn't the same. And that's kind of interesting thing about one, understanding that you're, you need to be in control of, you know, your own space, <laughs> own the, own your own, um, website and be able to drive your own traffic or else it's going to be quite difficult Two, not to really count on others. And three showed that if you're using online marketing principles, like we are at dust safety science, there's a chance you might be the biggest traffic generator in your space. Um, so there's some things there that were quite interesting, but it wasn't all bad. We didn't, you know, we put quite a bit of effort in because we had to create these advertising placements and write the press releases and make the calls and set up the partnerships and that. We didn't actually generate any sales from it, but we did get some good relationships with some companies that we wouldn't have otherwise been talking with. 
But if we did this again, we'd probably be very targeted and not just don't trust on it being your main source of people coming through and registering for the the conference. It's really better focus on the source you can control. Your newsletter, capturing people from your website and your your to a lesser extent, your your social media profiles like uh, LinkedIn videos. So that's it for this episode, looking at the marketing channel analytics for the Digital Dust Safety Conference that we ran in February 2020. Again, this is part four in the series on marketing your online conference. It's really meant to show you what went right for um, our event, for my event, uh, Dust Safety Science, and also you know what we can learn from and what struggles we had so that uh, you don't have to relive them when you're running your events as well. So we reviewed the results from the conference. We went in-depth on the four marketing channels we use, newsletter, campaign, website capture, LinkedIn videos, and external sharing by others. For each, we gave background on why we did this marketing channel, how, how we set it up, the results from tracking the analytics, and key takeaway points for each. And a lot of this, you know, I came up with the, the ideas and the, the process, but I'd really relied on the team at Dust Safety Science that we built now to do a lot of the implementation as well. One of the big takeaways is it's best to focus on what you can control. And it's nice so you can actually start to project what you might be able to sell by thinking about this at the start. So you can ask yourself, you know, how many people do I have on my newsletter? What is my typical click-through rate? Okay, if I have a sales page that converts at 2%, what does that mean for the bottom line? What if I can get a sales page that converts at 8% like we were able to for our, our sales page that we, we ramped with the videos on it? So if you have you know a thousand people on your newsletter and you can get a hundred people or maybe maybe fifty people clicking through a week, and you have a sales page converts to two percent, well that's going to be one sale every week from sending to through to your newsletter. You got to get an idea of what those numbers mean for your event. Same with your website traffic. You know if you get a ten thousand people a month and you're looking worth that at one percent to see your sales page, then that's going to be a hundred people. And then if you know you have a sales page converts to two percent, then that's going to be another two tickets sold each month. Um, I might have messed up the numbers there, but you get the point. If you're focusing on what your assets are, you can start to you know, estimate what it's going to take to be able to drive sales for your event or your products. If you don't have a newsletter, then maybe you need to partner with somebody who does. Or like I mentioned in the last week's episode, you really need to think about building that well before you're thirsty um, and starting your newsletter today. So in this episode, we talked through, and in the last episode, we talked through and found the newsletter was really our best source of traffic. 60% of our sales over this eight-week period came from the newsletter, followed by website capture. Um, LinkedIn video showed a lot of promise, but we really didn't commit and kind of ran out of time for, for creating and, and um, distributing those videos. That's something that we're definitely going to be using a lot more moving forward as well. So with that in mind, I, I mentioned at the outset, one of the main questions I hear is, you know, this is all fine and great, but what does it actually look like implemented? So on last week's episode, grablar.com slash 58, we gave away the swipe files to all the emails we sent, all 10 emails in our newsletter marketing campaign. In today's episode uh, at grablar.com slash 59, you can actually download images from the Hello Bar, from the Xintent pop-up, from the um, LinkedIn video template that's set up. You can get an idea of what those look like for us and take those and use those as templates that you can use to build out your own marketing sequence as well. So that's it for this episode. Um, again, you can get that material at grablar.com slash 59. As always, you can get a nice PDF download of the transcripts from that link as well. And I hope you have a great week ahead and a productive week in your business. 